0: Well, welcome back to The Black Madonna Speaks with me, your host, Stephanie Georgiev. Thank you so much for sharing your valuable time with me. And before we begin, I want to welcome new supporters, Henry Sims, Dr. Christina Cleveland, and Donna Plevins. For those of you who would like to support The Black Madonna Speaks, there are many ways to do that and lots of wonderful benefits in store as we enter the divine season of darkness here in the Northern Hemisphere. And those of you in the Southern Hemisphere, you can come along for the ride if you like, especially for Advent and the Holy Nights. We're now in October, and for me in the Northern Hemisphere, this is truly one of my favorite seasons. As you can imagine, I actually relish the longer nights, the cooler weather, but mostly I simply love all the festivals of this time of year, which for me, in my traditions, begins with Michaelmas, and then we go on to All Saints Day, All Souls Day, Dios de los Muertos, Halloween. For us Americans and Canadians, we celebrate our Thanksgivings, respectively, during this time, and of course, the season of Advent. Advent which I just adore. For those of you who are not able to attend my series on Mont Saint-Michel in Edinburgh over the Michaelmas weekend, and you are not a Patreon supporter, no fears. The talks are recorded, so all you need to do is donate $15 through PayPal at paypal.me slash Heart and I will send you a link where you can download the videos, transcripts, and a PDF of all the slides. My Patreon members received this as a special bonus to their regular benefits. And for those of you who join up at the $10 a month level, there will be lots of extra goodies during this season of divine darkness in October, November, and December. At the time of this recording and posting, We're still in the midst of the American Hispanic Heritage Month and in the spirit of recognizing the many wonderful contributions of those cultures from Spain, the Americas, the Caribbean and Mexico. I want to explore a black Madonna who was part of this history spanning the Iberian Peninsula and the Americas for nearly 500 years. As I've told you all before, I spent most of my life in Southern California in a lovely city called Santa Ana. This city is about 30 miles south of Los Angeles and is in the heart of Orange County, California. Santa Ana is the largest city in Orange County, and the county actually has 40 separate cities And also, Santa Ana has the largest population of Mexican Americans in the entire county. 85% of Santa Ana is Mexican, which means a vibrant culture, excellent food, restaurants, generational families who really give a lot to the community, uh, wonderful Mexican markets and all of the holidays that are celebrated in this c- culture, especially the Festival of the Virgin of Guadalupe of Mexico. Now, most people in the United States, particularly in areas that have wonderful uh, Mexican-American Uh, populations in them. They don't add of Mexico when they speak of Guadalupe, because it's simply understood. But many people may not know that there is a Guadalupe of Extremadura in Spain that inspired quite a bit of activity, legends and lore between both Spain and New Spain which we now know as Mexico and the southwestern part of the United States. We will be covering a Guadalupe of Mexico during her festival time in December. There's a famous Black Madonna of Europe that played a part in the Mexican drama told yearly during the Festival of Guadalupe, which happens every year from December 9th through the 12th. As I've mentioned before in numerous episodes of The Black Madonna Speaks, as well as in my book, The Black Madonna Mysterious Soul Companion, there are several characteristics shared by the Black Madonnas on the European continent. Many of the more revered Black Madonnas have their origins in Constantinople, the Byzantine Empire, making their way through the European continent as gifts and exchanges between the church hierarchy and royal families. Arab invasions from the south, particularly in the Iberian Peninsula, prompted many Black Madonnas to be hidden or moved to escape the destruction by the Moors. These same Madonnas would be found many decades or centuries later through mysterious and miraculous circumstances. One European black Madonna with this similar history figures prominently in the Mexican Virgin of Guadalupe narrative. She is known as the Virgin of Guadalupe of Extra Madura, the epic narrative poem which tells about the Guadalupe miracle in 1531 is called the Nikon Mapahoa. I'm going to read you, my listeners, some passages regarding the fourth apparition and first miracle of the Virgin of Guadalupe of Mexico. And you will come to see the connection between these two Guadalupes, the one in Spain and the one in Mexico. This passage talks about the healing of Juan Bernardino, the uncle of Juan Diego, to whom Guadalupe of Mexico appeared numerous times, and upon whose tilma, and this is the word for the garment that Aztec peasants wore in the 16th century, and this is um, the tilma that is still on display, actually, in Mexico City, and it uh, has the image that those of us who are familiar with this image see all over the place in in wherever there's a Mexican diaspora. So here's the quote: He, Juan Bernardino, was very much surprised that his nephew was so well accompanied and honored and asked him why they were honoring him so much. He told him how when he had left him to go call a priest to come hear his confession and prepare him well, the Queen of Heaven appeared to him over there at Tepeyac and sent him to Mexico to see the Lord Bishop so that he would build her a home at Tepeyac. She told him not to be troubled because his uncle was healed and he was very consoled. And the uncle said that this was true, that it was precisely that when she had healed him and he had seen her exactly as she had shown herself to his nephew and she had told him that he, Juan Bernardino, had to go to... Mexico to see the bishop and she had told him that when he went to see the bishop he would reveal all that he had seen and would tell him in what a marvelous way she had healed him and that he the bishop would call and name that precious image the ever virgin holy Mary of Guadalupe and this uh Verses that I was reading you are from the English translation by Virgilio Elizondo from his book, Guadalupe, Mother of the New Creation. This is by Orbis Books, um, which was printed in 2013. And um, I highly if you're interested in the Virgin of Guadalupe of Mexico, this is a really good primer, in my opinion. And it's also in my book, uh, The Virgin of Guadalupe, Mysterious Messenger of Destiny. And gratefully, Orbis Books uh, has given me permission uh, to give these quotes. Now the passage that I just read you says that Juan Bernardino, the uncle of Juan Diego, and Juan Diego is the person that the Virgin of Guadalupe repeatedly appeared to. Uh, Juan Diego reported how he was visited and healed by the Virgin of Guadalupe, and Juan Bernardino is the first to state her name. His apparition was the first time she announced herself as Guadalupe now Guadalupe is also the name of a black madonna of Extremadura Spain and Guadalupe shares the name of a river in Extremadura associated with the Spanish virgin Guadalupe of Spain was the patron saint of Hernan Cortez as well as bishop Zumarraga Now, the the former is not a great human being. He was responsible for the destruction of uh, an invasion of Mexico. But for history's sake, we need to to mention that the Virgin of Guadalupe of Extremadura, Spain, was his patron saint. And one can also see the possibility of misunderstanding of the Nahuatl, and Nahuatl is the language spoken by the Aztecs, Uh, the Nahuatl names that might have been spoken to the Europeans as they sound similar to Guadalupe. And I'm not going to try and pronounce these Nahuatl possibilities. Um, My Nahuatl is pretty non-existent, in fact, it's difficult for me to even pronounce the word Nahuatl, but either way, it is very significant, especially the Nahuatl translations in terms of the deed of the Virgin of Guadalupe in Mexico. And all of the Nahuatl names are rich in meaning. So when she announces herself and she said, the thing that is very meaningful in this narrative is that the Virgin of Guadalupe speaks directly to uh, Aztecs in their native language. And so when she announces herself um, in the Nahua language, uh, she's announcing herself in a name that could be translated as the woman who stands on the eagle. And uh, many actually relate to the details of the image on the Tilma. So it's very, very significant. For those of you who are interested, I have all the names uh, in the index selection of my book, The Virgin of Guadalupe Mysterious Messenger of Destiny. And my Patreon supporters will be getting uh, a list of these names that they can ponder. Now, the narrative of the Black Madonna of Extremadura is quite astonishing when compared not only with the other major Black Madonnas in the Iberian Peninsula, but also other Black Madonnas throughout the European continent. Now, like her sister, the famous Black Madonna of Montserrat in Catalonia, Guadalupe of Extremadura is considered to be the artistic work of St. Luke the Evangelist. Now, according to one legend, the statue was carved during the first century by St. Luke and buried with him in Asia Minor. Later, this image was transferred with St. Luke's relics to Constantinople in the fourth century, and the statue became known as a miraculous healing icon. This image, the Black Madonna of Extremadura, had been in the art treasury of Pope Gregory the Great, who was, who lived between 540 and 604 A.D. Pope Gregory was the church leader who initiated many of the great social reforms into the Catholic Church, making the institution more in line with the message of Christ. He's he's a really interesting character. I I invite everyone to look him up because he didn't want to be Pope. And they essentially kidnapped him and forced him. And and he basically said, fine, he's really more from a monastic tradition. And so he said, fine, you want me to be Pope? We're going to start acting like Christians. And so he put in all kinds of dogmas, such as feeding the poor and healing the sick and showing mercy and different things like that. So he's quite quite an amazing character. Now, his main theme, Pope Gregory's main theme, was that humanity must care for one another through acts of mercy and that the church should be a model of this ideal. Now, upon his death, the statue of the Black Virgin was given to St. Leander of Sevilla, who was a friend and confidant of Pope Gregory. Now, all through this journey from Rome and then Sevilla, Spain, in the 6th century, the icon continued to perform miracles until its mysterious disappearance following the Arab Invasions of Sevilla in 711 AD. Now, when the Moors invaded Sevilla in 711 AD, a group of clergy took this Black Madonna statue north to bury her in the hills near the river of Guadalupe in Extra Madura. The narrative of hiding the Madonna is similar in comparison with the story of the Black Virgin of Montserrat, who was hidden in a cave in 718 A.D. to save her from invading Moors as well. Now the name Guadalupe comes from an early Arabic-Latin combination, which means the river of the wolf. Gaudi means dry river, and Lupe means wolf, the Spanish meanings for the River Guadalupe are Rio de Amor, which means river of love, or Rio de Luz, which is river of life or light. So the, the etymology of this word, I think, is quite interesting. Now, the Black Marian Shrine and the Black Marian Statue remained dormant underground for over 600 years until a cow herder, Gil Cordero, discovered her in 1326. Cordero was looking for an errant bull, and again, the legend has so many different variations, so I'm kind of squishing all of them together, and the listeners are are invited to choose which legend they like the best. But Cordero was looking for an errant bull from his herd and found the animal dead near the river of Guadalupe he decided to skin the animal and salvage what he could. When Cordero made an incision on the breast of the animal, it sprang to life. Immediately after this incident, the Virgin Mary appeared to Gil and told him to contact the local clergy of the area and tell them to dig in the spot where this animal had miraculously come back to life. The Virgin instructed Cordero to tell the priest to find a statue hidden in the dirt, and when they did, to build a shrine in her honor. Some legends tell the story of how Cordero's young son had recently died before the bull resurrection event. Cordero did as he was asked by the virgin. He went to his local priests and told the story of the miracle with the bull. When Gil returned to his home, his son was alive. The local clergy heard of Cordero's story and were so impressed with the dual miracles of resurrected child and bull, they felt They needed to comply with the directions of the apparition and found the Statue of Mary that had been buried centuries before. A small shrine was erected on the spot where the statue had been found. Now later, in 1340, King Alfonso XI of Castilla built the Hieronymite Monastery on the same location. And this is uh, an incredible UNESCO World Heritage Site that is still available for us to enjoy to this day. And now he built this uh, monastery after his victory over the Moors at the Battle of Sayadol. Alfonso attributed the triumph of of this battle to the Extremadura Virgin of Guadalupe, now, Guadalupe of Extremadura, Spain, held special meaning and reverence for the Bishop Zumarraga, the Bishop that Juan Diego was trying to convince of the validity of his experience in December of 1531. The Virgin also had great significance to Cortes, Hernan Cortes, who the the conqueror of Mexico was born in Medellin, Extremadura, Spain. Cortez was devoted to the Virgin of Guadalupe of his home region. He is reported to have taken a copy of the statue with him on his conquest of the Americas and baptized natives in front of the image of this black Madonna. Cortez's Standard has a virgin on it, and her face is strikingly similar to the Virgin of Guadalupe in Mexico as well as having 12 gold stars above her head. The Virgin of Guadalupe of Extremadura was also involved in the voyage of Columbus. Queen Isabella Isabella of Spain prayed at the foot of this Madonna for guidance as to whether or not she should finance this expedition of Columbus. The documents authorizing the voyage were signed by Ferdinand and Isabella in the Monastery of Guadalupe. When Columbus returned to Spain to report on his voyage, he went to the Madonna and thanked her for his success. The natives who Columbus brought back with him from the Americas were baptized in the town of Guadalupe, Spain. Of the three ships that sailed to the New World, Columbus named the Santa Maria after the Virgin of Guadalupe in Extremadura. I'll bet you didn't know that. Bishop Sumaraga, the bishop in New Spain, Mexico City, to whom Juan Diego went at the behest of the Virgin of Guadalupe of Mexico. Bishop Sumaraga was also devoted to the Black Madonna of Guadalupe, Spain. In the months leading up to December 1531, he prayed to her for protection. Zumarraga was also asking for a sign that God was with him in his task of evangelization. He prayed to the Virgin to bring him Castilian roses that he missed so much from his homeland. Zumarraga was in a power struggle with the resident royal Spanish representative, the Audiencia Guzman, who was a vicious, horrifically horrible human being. The bishop also knew that there was revolution in the air since he was witness to and heard the complaints by the natives over the brutal oppression they experienced at the hands of the Spanish conquerors. Before the apparitions of the Guadalupe of Mexico, Zumanaga wrote to the Spanish king that the entire continent would be lost if there were no miracle to aid them in their endeavors. Zumarraga considered himself a protector of the natives, the uh, Indians as they were called at the time. Since he had not been a consecrated bishop before he left for New Spain, his legitimately was constantly challenged by the power-hungry secular Spaniards, who were busy colonizing and viciously oppressing the natives. The miracle Zumarraga prayed for was a sign of the rose, and he prayed to the Virgin of Guadalupe of Extremadura for this miracle. So now I'm going to read a few more uh, verses from the Nikon Mapahoa. And this is entitled The Encounter with the Virgin. Uh, and this is between the Virgin of Guadalupe in Mexico and Juan Diego. Mexico. So she said to him, go up my most abandoned son to the top of the hill. And there where you saw me, I give you my instructions. There you will see many diverse flowers, cut them, gather them, put them together, then come down here and bring them before me. Juan Diego climbed the hill. And when he arrived at the top, he was deeply surprised. All over the place, there were all kinds of exquisite flowers from Castile, opening and flowering. It was not a place for flowers, and likewise, it was the time when the ice hardens upon the earth. And this also is the English translation provided by Virgilio Elizondo from his book, Guadalupe, Mother of the New Creation, Orbis Books 2013. And I'm able to read this to you with the gracious permission of the publishers and the author. Now, considering all of these events in context with the great uh, tumult on the continent, and the European continent has always been in some state of chaos. But It was pretty much a pan-continental chaos in the early 1500s because of the Reformation. And in December 1531, you know, the European Renaissance was in full swing with artistic, architectural and scientific advances just coming out daily. And a natural outcome of all this was the questioning of all authority from religious to secular. And there were numerous peasant uprisings and religious revolts uh, occurring on the European continent in the decades leading up to the voyage of Columbus in the New World in 1492 and definitely afterwards. In fact, many of the crew of Columbus were called conversos or Jewish converts to Christianity who basically wanted to leave the oppression of their new Spanish monarchs. And they wanted to go to the colonies. Now, the colonies in the Americas were not the peaceful havens many thought them to be either. There was revolution in the air at the time against the Europeans who were fighting amongst themselves and the natives who had endured decades of brutal oppression through the Aztecs in the human sacrifice and constant warfare, they thought the Spaniards would free them and instead they became more enslaved and traumatized than they had been under Aztec rule. Now the most spiritually significant historical event in the decade before Guadalupe in Mexico was the action taken by Martin Luther in Germany and his Reformation had violence, and revolutionary cultural consequences. Now, institutions were straining to keep control and at times quite ruthlessly, and during times of economic and social upheaval, large segments of the population often turn to fundamentalism in order to bring a sense of order to chaos. And this was the emotional and spiritual environment in Spain, which was home to some of the most vicious anti-Semitic, anti-Islamic, and misogynistic Inquisition activity on the continent. Spain as a world power was seen as the key to enforcing papal Catholic global order And emerging fresh from the reconquest, there was a zeal to force all things Catholic in terms of institutions, practices, and laws. And this is why there was such a devotion to this Black Madonna. Now, for me personally, it is profound that the history of the Black Madonna of Extremadura figured prominently in the Spanish invasion and conquest of the Americas. It's also a profound notion that Guadalupe of Mexico was and is considered to be a mestiza Madonna, that of mixed blood. And she was seen and thought to have both native and European uh, heritage, but she also has this imagery. And it's interesting that uh, Guadalupe of Mexico has this name, this uh, Spanish understanding of what she said. She may have said something completely different, but that's how the Europeans heard her name. Now, I have not been to the Hermaniot Monastery where Guadalupe of Extremadura resides. Like so many things the pandemic postponed, I was supposed to lead a workshop at the monastery, and well, that obviously did not happen because of scheduling difficulties due to a virus. But hope reigns eternal, as they say, so stay tuned, we may go there yet. The Monastery of Santa Maria de Guadalupe was one of the most prominent and important medieval Marian shrines in Castile. And the image of the Virgin of Guadalupe, uh, the Spanish one, was canonically crowned on the 12th of October, 1928 by Pope Pius XI. The monastery was declared a UNESCO World Heritage Site in 1993. Now, this image uh, is about two feet tall and is usually dressed in elaborate robes, and they're brocade and uh, embroidered, and it's very interesting when you see the statue without her robes and the one with the robes. You actually can barely recognize the statue because essentially only her face is visible with the the crown and the robes and the face of of the infant Jesus. Now Our Lady is carved from cedar wood and is painted. And the term for the paint is called polychromed. And her presentation is that of the seat of wisdom because the Christ child is on her lap. And this also harkens back to these ancient images of the mother and child, which go all the way back to Isis and Horus. Now it's striking, as I said, how differently she looks without her elaborate brocade dress and crown. And you can see the polychrome nature of her statue beneath the clothes. Now, there is a one other Black Madonna uh, that is also called Guadalupe in Spain. She's called Guadalupe of Fuenterabia, which is part of a collection of Black Madonnas called the Seven Black Virgins in the region of Guipuzcoa. And this is a group I will explore at a future date. I was also supposed to do a workshop in this region. That got canceled, but this is a very interesting um, collection of Black Madonnas, right um, where France becomes Spain through through the mountains. It's, it's very interesting. So thank you, my dear listeners, for sharing your time with me. I hope you are safe and well, and I wish you many blessings on your journey of the soul with the Black Madonna.